Office of Combat Under Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the month of May, one of the month series on operationalizing your compliance program. And this month, I will focus on the use of your human resources function to help you operationalize your compliance program. This month, my sponsor is Advanced Compliance Solutions. Advanced Compliance Solutions is your one-stop shop for all compliance-related services. Uh, Advanced Compliance Solutions has a new, exciting service offering called the Compliance Alliance, which is a three-step program that will provide you and your team a background into compliance and the FCPA so you can consider how your product or service fits the needs of the compliance officer, the compliance practitioner, and the compliance professional. It includes a boot camp, a podcast series, sponsorship, and an in-person training. Each section builds on the other and provides your customer service and sales teams with the knowledge they need to have intelligent conversations with compliance officers and decision makers. When the program is complete, your teams will be armed with the knowledge they need to sell and service every new compliance client. Interested people should contact myself, Tom Fox. In the evaluation of corporate compliance programs issued by the Department of Justice, there was a section on incentives and discipline. This spoke directly to the need of the HR function and compliance or several other uh, parts of the evaluation which speak to the integration of compliance into your HR function to fully operationalize your compliance program. Each day this month, I will be exploring a different way for you to operationalize your compliance function through the HR function. I hope you enjoy this series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening. Day 13, the Compliance Performance Appraisal Review. One of the ways to operationalize compliance and drive it into the DNA of an organization is through a performance review. Indeed, the 2012 FCPA guidance states the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission recognize that positive incentives can drive compliant behavior. These incentives, incentives can take many forms, such as personal evaluations and promotions, rewards for improving and developing a company's compliance program, and rewards for ethics and compliance leadership. Some organizations have made adherence to compliance a significant metric for management's bonuses so that compliance becomes an integral part of man management's everyday concerns. Most human resources experts will opine that properly executed performance appraisals are critical to organizational productivity as well as the development of employee skills and employee morale. Moreover, they can serve as a couple of different functions for a best practices compliance program. First and foremost, they communicate to each employee their job performance from a compliance perspective. However, one key is not to approach the performance appraisal review as an isolated event, but as a continual process. This means instead of trying to play catch up at the last minute, supervisors should provide feedback and assess job performance throughout the year so annual reviews are grounded in a year's worth of experience. This includes the compliance component of each job, and this truly operationalizes your compliance program if you're doing a continual assessment, uh, including a compliance comp component. The second area, performance appraisals impact, is compensation. As noted above, both the DOJ and SEC expect that your compliance program will have both discipline and incentives. These incentives need to be based upon something, something tangible. The score or other performance appraisal metrics will provide to you a standard which you can measure and use to evaluate for other purposes such as employee promotion or advancements to senior management going forward.
So what should you consider in a annual employee performance appraisal? Well, I have six points that I'd like to share with you. Number one, prioritize reviews in your schedule. You should schedule the employee performance appraisal at least several days in advance rather than when a time slot suddenly opens up. You would make sure that you allot sufficient time for unhurried give and take between the reviewer and employee. Two, review the entire year's performance. You should resist the temptation to focus on the latest compliance experience. This is called recency bias. If a compliance issue arose in the past month or so, you need to keep it in perspective for the entire period review. Moreover, by focusing on recent, your review on recent problems that may obscure prior accomplishments and the employee may feel demoralized. Take care not to go in too much in the opposite direction as recency bias can work both ways. One should not let a favorable recent compliance event overshadow the full review. And indeed, this is one of the reasons that you would do a continual review process throughout the year. Number three, do not hesitate to critique. Be generous where price is warranted, but do not hesitate to discuss improvements needed in the compliance arena. Many supervisors are reluctant to confront and indeed desire to, uh, desire to avoid confrontation. However, remaining silent about an employee's compliance shortcomings is a disservice to both the employee and the corporation and, frankly, uh, is not, uh, works in the opposite way of operationalizing your compliance program. Four, do not dominate the conversation. Remember that you must give feed, must give the employee time for self-appraisal and to ask questions or to comment about the feedback received from the compliance perspective. If there are specific questions or concerns raised by an employee, you'll need to be prepared to address them as appropriate. Five, understand the employee's role. You need to understand and appreciate if the recent economy has resulted in many employees assuming they're responsible for more than one position or service within an organization. If this is relevant to the employee, acknowledge the fact and take that into account in the review. This is certainly too true from the compliance perspective, and indeed, when you operationalize compliance, as many non-compliant department compliance department employees have cross-functional responsibilities, particularly after operationalization. If they claim not to have had time to handle their compliance responsibilities, you will need to address this with the employees, and perhaps structurally as well. Number six. Anticipate reprisal. Although it is rare, you can face a situation where an employee who is very dissatisfied by a review or with a review may refuse to sign it. The employee may be offered the opportunity to add a statement to a review. Also, I point out the employee signature is an acknowledgement of receiving review and does not signify agreement. If the employee refuses to sign, have a second supervisor uh, or other supervisory personnel witness the refusal. This may be particularly important from a compliance perspective going forward. A proper annual review requires considerable effort from the employee and the supervisors. It should be a full-year process involving regular guidance and feedback and perhaps several mini-reviews along the way. But rather than viewing it as an onerous, as onerous supervisors should keep in mind that it is a tool for making their departments more effectively and yields better results for everyone involved. This is only doubled from the compliance perspective. And indeed, when you consider the Department of Justice's requirement to operationalize, you can see that it almost becomes mandatory. The potential upside can be significant for your 
compliance program, operationalization, and upside, uh, excuse me, perspective. So what are today's three key takeaways? To incentivize compliance, you must be able to accurately appraise senior managers and employees around compliance. They need to have specific metrics. If you don't have metrics, many employees will not understand what they're being graded upon. Certainly, taking training classes uh, is one thing, um, but there may be other metrics that you can put in place around initiating compliance initiatives, uh, sending out compliance reminders, or a plethora of other items and actions that employees can take. But you must be able to accurately appraise these. Two, clearly communicate your compliance expectations and then fairly evaluate employees on them. If the only expectation is training, well, that's what they should be evaluated on. However, as an employee rises up through an organization, they should have additional expectations put on them, whether that be communication, excuse me, compliance reminders, compliance communications, leading compliance discussions, putting on compliance training, being involved in compliance initiatives uh, started through the compliance function or other internal control function. They need to be, these expectations need to be clearly communicated to the employee. And finally, consider an ongoing continuous review cycle. Many companies are moving to this, uh, frankly, because of the uh, millennial workforce coming into uh, play who want uh, constant feedback. Uh, but this is not simply a generational innovation. This is just an innovation. So if you can give this feedback, if you can give it on a continuous basis, if you can give it around the time of either a pro or negative event, you may have more recency and it may be a more effective uh, learning tool for the employee. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me on day 13, and I hope you join me tomorrow on day 14 of one month to better compliance through HR. This is Tom Fox again, and I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of One Month to Operationalizing Your Compliance Program Through the Use of Your HR Function. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you will rate it on iTunes as it would help our ratings and also get the word out about this seminal one-month series that I'm doing in 2017. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox, that's tfox, at tfoxlaw.com. Finally, I hope you will join me again. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.